Powered through the Alaska so, Airlines Studios. So this is Bump and Stacy <laughs> on Seattle it's Sports. Streaming through the Seattle Sports app. <laughs> now, here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Ross. Here we go now. That's tough. That is tough love. The way you look. I can't believe it. I said it like it was like gossip. Like, did you hear that? Oh, Calvin Beecham says Kyler Murray needs to grow it's like up. A gossip girl. Ooh, oh, wow! <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. XOXO. Oh my goodness! Unpopular opinion. Your unpopular Seattle sports opinion. I'm not limiting this to Seahawks, though. Our first one is going to be a Seahawks opinion. If you want to submit your unpopular opinion, and you don't just do it to, for the sake of being a contrarian, although like I respect it, you can if you want. There's a place in sports for that. Uh, your unpopular opinion about sports, where you're like, I just truly, truly believe this. Oh, my God, I already have mine. I already know I dropped my pen, but I know it by heart. That's okay, because I feel it in my heart. (laughs) 866-979-3776. This can can be current. Uh, It can span any era, right? It can be an opinion that you just hold dear. Mine is not current, but an opinion you hold dear where you're like, no one ever agrees with me. This is not a popular Seattle sports opinion, but I won't let it go. Unpopular opinion, 866-979-3776. But no, 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 we no, can't no, 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 Let's get ready no. to tumble. Yeah, gymnasts. yeah. We are going to get We support gymnasts. If we tactics. the other way. Yeah. Let's get ready Tumbling. to unpopular opinion. There we go. What's there yours? You go. There we go. Text lines, get at me. All right. My unpopular opinion when in, in regards to Seattle sports is... Cody Barton is good enough to start for the Hawks. He's that good enough. That is right now an unpopular opinion. And the reason why I say he's good enough to start for the Hawks is because they don't have the money to go out and buy two interior linebackers right now. You they don't do have it. And what you get out of Cody Barton is a guy who at least knows the, the defense. Will he get confused at times? Yes. Play action is a mug. It might get you every now sure. and then. All right. Well, did Cody Barton miss a couple tackles last year? Yeah. Hold some up, people bump. will say more than a couple. I got to push back for just okay. a minute. Just a minute. Because this is an unpopular opinion. <laughs> is Cody Barton good enough to start? Like he he's better than people think. Or is he good enough because the Seahawks can't afford to add? I said... Cody Barton is good <laughs> enough to start for the Hawks right now. Okay, okay, right okay. Right now okay. is what I said. Okay, Okay, fair. and um, we've seen his struggles. We've seen him have success. But the position they're in right now with Jordan Brooks being gone, you still got Tanner Muse over there and Ben Burkirvin. Cody has to play football for this team. What you have to do is go find him a guy, a veteran, to match up with them during the regular season. But Cody Barton is good enough, folks, right now. He is good That's enough. That's a good opinion. I like that to to get us started here, Bump. And I have so many on the Mac and Jack's text line already that I'm going to get to. In fact, why don't I get to one of these um, before I get to mine? Because I'm going to uh, intermingle some Mariner stuff here. From Seth in Fresno, unpopular opinion. Even if the Mariners signed one of the big shortstops, Mariners fans would still have said the offseason wasn't good. Do you believe it? No. That's Seth's unpopular opinion. I don't believe that. I think if uh, Trey Turner is over here, everyone feels good about it. If you get Trey Turner and you were still still able to get uh, Teoscar Hernandez, you're going to say, or I think they would say, that is a exceptional offseason. Yeah. I don't know about that one, Seth. Ooh. 
this one. You got one? Two, five, three. My unpopular opinion is that the pick isn't what caused the Seahawks, cost the Seahawks a second Super Bowl. The legendary defense gave up the game after owning a 14-point lead. Ooh. Ooh. That is a hot take express. Well, it's after, uh, what, Cliff Averill got hurt, and then also Jeremy Lane got hurt. Yeah, that's what's tough about it. And Cam Chancellor entered the game with essentially a torn MCL, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, if I remember. Okay. My unpopular opinion. Keep these coming. 866-979-3776. We're not going to get inflammatory here, okay? I'm not going to read ones that are, like, intentionally... uh, Horrific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but we are doing some unpopular opinions. My unpopular opinion: Jimmy Graham did nothing wrong. <laughs> Jimmy, like I will die on this hill. Do I think that Jimmy Graham is uh, one of the best tight ends the league has seen? Yes. Do I think Jimmy Graham's best careers were in Seattle? No, I do not. Do I think that uh, Jimmy Graham could have worked better in Seattle than he did? Yes. However. Do I think that while he was in Seattle, Jimmy Graham's career was horrible? No, I do not. In fact, the last season that saw more than, like, what, 500 yards by tight end was Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham's final season here when he had over, like, 900 yards and 10 touchdowns is still the most productive season by a tight end in the last, like, I don't know, decade plus. I think he owns the franchise record for single-season touchdowns or yards. I can't remember, but he's got it on lock. And that more speaks to the lack of, like, pass-catching tight ends you've had because you've had great tight ends here, Mm -hmm. right? Everyone loves Zach Miller, but he wasn't, like, a pure pass-catching tight end. Jimmy Graham didn't sign here in free agency and make promises. Jimmy Graham was acquired via trade from an offense where he was a great fit, but there was a falling out with with the organization and him after a franchise tag issue. So then he's traded here. He probably was thinking like, I would have loved to be in a team that throws the ball all over the yard, not one that, you know, likes to run it and be balanced. Like Jimmy Graham didn't come here and say like, you know, hey, I promise I can block for you. We tried to fit a square peg in a round hole and it didn't work out. And I think that Jimmy Graham's reputation as a guy that like no one liked was in part because finesse in general gets a bad rep in football. And secondly, because he didn't have a great like uh, outward relationship with media. Like I think if he would have been a media darling, we'd all remember him differently. Jimmy Graham was a baller. Thank you. He was a baller. He was in the wrong offense. You guys are, oh, my God, Jimmy Graham doesn't block. That's not what his uh, player profile says. Great blocker? No, you never thought that about Jimmy. So I think I'm with you. Jimmy was in the wrong offense, but he still produced. He still produced in that offense. He was the best red zone target in all the land Mm -hmm. when he was here. Jimmy Graham, yeah, I like that one. Uh, Curtis, what's yours? I got a couple more here, but. My unpopular Seattle sports opinion yes, uh, will probably be unpopular with a certain segment of the state. Uh, but my unpopular Seattle sports opinion is that it is best for uh, a lot of schools. It's best for specifically UW that the Pac-12 dies. Curtis. Uh, it is absolutely. Curtis. I, and, and it will actually be better for the Apple Cup rivalry, too, if the Pac-12 dies. Because then you will have what? Washington State hating UW even more than they do now because they will have been integral in the death of the Pac-12 because UW and Oregon are potentially maybe going to the Big Ten if this thing does crumble. You've got the four corner schools, one in which I am an alma mater of. That's why I'm so shocked. the Big 12. Uh, That would leave, what, Stanford and Cal, who probably would also get absorbed by the Big Ten. It is better for those schools long term to let the Pac-12 die 
and move on and let the carcass of this conference rot because it is it, there is nothing I see in the Pac-12 right now that gives me hope for the next decade. Like you are not going to surpass the Big Ten. You're not going to surpass the SEC. Heck, you're not even going to surpass the Big 12, which seems to be a lot more proactive in keeping that conference alive and, and not letting the departure of Texas and Oklahoma be the death blow that we all thought it was going to be. Curtis, how could you? Now, I have a real question. I have a real question. I'm raising my hand. Is this your unpopular opinion because you think there's been so much hubris with the pack that you want it to come back and bite them and, and for I mean, Larry that, Scott that to kind of, you know it, what I mean? Sure. That you feel like it's a comeuppance, like you deserve that. Or because you feel like it's genuinely better for schools because you're an Arizona alum, Bump is a Coug, I'm a Husky. You know what I mean? Like, we it, all care about the health of these schools and it's programs. It's unfortunate that Oregon State and Washington State right now seem like they would be left on the outside looking in in terms of whatever the next conference is that steps up that absorbs them. Uh, maybe they go the independent route. Who knows? I don't think that would be the case. But it, it is better for Washington long term to not be in the Pac-12. I think that is uh, in terms of uh, revenue going into the school from all these TV deals. Uh, I think they have a football program that could be competitive in the Big Ten. Uh, I don't know if they're necessarily going to be, you know, competing for championships long term. Uh, you know the way that they are here in the Pac-12. And look, with the expanded college football playoff. There's an easier road to the playoff if the Pac-10 or the Pac-12 stays together. Mm -hmm. But look, like if you're the Huskies, you don't want to be in a position where you are doing the legwork for the little guys. All right, you don't want to be doing the legwork for Oregon State and Washington State. I think a lot of UW fans probably echo that sentiment. I am seeing that's it is a great one. Now I don't necessarily agree with you, but like I, I, I see it and I understand it. And I also just think it's real spicy. I like the I'll 509. I hate Curtis here. right now. Good. <laughs> let, the hate throw, let the hate flow through you, 509. Okay, I got some more unpopular opinions. You guys can get yours in now. I'm going to spend about five more minutes here. 866-979-3776. Um, I'm going to read through a couple because some of them are quick. And some of them are funny like this one. Unpopular opinion. I liked Eric Bedard. <laughs> Yucky. <laughs> Just with like a, a grimacing emoji face mm. of like, I'm sorry. Uh, unpopular opinion. I do not agree with this one at all, but I don't know that this is the only person that has it. I just, I can't agree with it, but unpopular opinion. I will die on this hill. Bobby Wagner is overrated and overpaid. Ooh. Ooh. Man. All right. Well, now, actually, he's okay. not paid right now. He's He got released by the Rams, so. I don't know if you can say True. he's overpaid. Uh, let's apply their logic to... Is that when he was in Seattle? Here's what I think happened with Bobby Wagner. The bar for Bobby Wagner became first team all pro. You know what I mean? So when he was like one of the league's better linebackers, but not the best linebacker in the league, I think that it started to become like, you know, well, hey, like, are you slipping? And it's like, well, I mean, yeah. Like, <laughs> if you... If you were once the best interior linebacker in, ML, or in MLB in the NFL, like... Any slip is going to feel costly. you decline a bit, eventually. Um, yeah. Uh, unpopular opinion. Uh, the Matt Hasselback Super Bowl losing offense was better than the Russell Wilson Super Bowl winning offense. Mm, well, you have the, uh, the best running back in franchise history on that team. Best O-line in franchise history. Best yeah. O-line. Mm-hmm. Could be. I would just the quarterback spot, though. I just feel like Russell was so much better. Than Matt Hasselback, though. 
Uh, I'm seeing a couple unpopular opinions from Super Bowl 49, so I'm going to group them together. There was the unpopular opinion, the defense allowed 14 points, which both uh, you, Bump, and Curtis were like, well, here's some context for that, which is why, like, unpopular opinion. Here's two more from two separate listeners. One, Bennett's offsides after Butler's pick was the final play that cost us the game. Could have gotten a safety. Then you're just 30 yardish from a field goal to win. It's an interesting creative opinion. I don't know if that happens. <laughs> it's hard for me to look past the pick. I still haven't rewatched that Super Bowl. Second one, unpopular opinion. Uh, the loss in the second Super Bowl was because Jermaine didn't block his guy. It's tough because Jermaine had the catch before that. Jermaine Curse would have had the play of the game. Yeah, he would have. Yeah, Man, I'd be so mad. Um, unpopular opinion. Uh, here's another one. Uh, Will Levis is basically Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> I don't know if Levis can run like Mitch, though. Mitch can move a little bit. Uh, let's see. Unpopular opinion. Uh, Robbie Ray takes too much heat for losing game one of the ALDS. It wasn't as much his fault as it wasn't as much his fault as everyone says. No comment. I know you agree. I rock with I rock well, with Robbie. I know what you feel is but. that he gets a lot of heat for it, that it might have been his fault, but that he gets an undue amount of yeah. Heat. I think that's your take on it. Yeah. Uh, unpopular opinion. D. Eskridge is going to ball this year. That is an unpopular opinion. He's Make the hurt. case for D. Eskridge balling out this that year. That number three receiver, they want to use him in jet sweep and all that good stuff and be a decoy most of the time. And I think that he can do that. But you know what? He has to be available. He hasn't been available. But this is the year. D. will be utilized. He'll stay healthy. He'll make plays. Let's go. Unpopular opinion. Pizza rolls are better than bagel bites. Now, I did not open it to mm, not Seattle sports. Um, and that's true. It's like picking between kids. That's true. Man. Wait, pizza hang on. I have a question. Sure. Are pizza rolls the pockets? They're the Totino's ones, yeah. They're like the oh, little... then yes, that is correct. But I would yeah. say that the pockets, Pe- hot pockets, hot... are better than oh, both no, of them. No, 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 no. What? No, are no, you serious? Hot pockets are amazing. What are you talking hot about? Hot pockets are always cold in the middle. Not if you, you make them right. Get... Maybe you aren't no. cooking your hot... Are you cooking hot pockets the right way? Everybody cooks hot pockets the right then way. Then why are yours cold, cold in the middle? middle? No, that's absolutely not what happens. You're you need to get your oven checked. You're for thinking hot pockets Unpopular... are better than pizza rolls or bagel bites. Unpopular opinion. I don't have bad food opinions. That's one of your worst I'm moving on. Unpopular opinion. Sean Alexander is the fourth best Seahawks running back of all time. Wow. Well, you got I don't Marshawn, know about that, but who'd Chris you have Carson, before? And, and uh, who? Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner would have who to the be in there. Third would be. Chris, well, it Chris would Carson. have to be Carson, right? I, I mean, like, Carson. how many? Chris Warren, I think you could have a conversation about ahead of Chris Carson. Texter, you need to tell us who your three are above uh, Sean Alexander because I'll potentially allow it, potentially, but. I got. I got to hear a little bit more. Uh, uh, let's see. Some. So they just said pizza rolls better than bagel bites. Fight me. Like they're really not backing down. I mean, that's fine. Uh, unpopular. Four, and four straight thousand yard seasons. Unpopular opinion. He's really good. When he's actually healthy, Jamal Adams is the best safety in the league. Ooh, I love me some Buddha Baker, man. Yeah. Buddha Baker is a beast. Buddha Baker is probably the most complete. Because as small as he is, he'll still get down the box and and hit, and he'll cover over the top. Even though his interceptions, he doesn't have a lot of interceptions. He's still a better coverage safety than Jamal. Jamal top three for sure, though. Yeah. Uh, unpopular opinion: Jesse Winker is going to be an all star, and Kyle Lewis is going to have an excellent year. I could see Jesse Winker working out in a different park, but I don't regret the Mariners moving on from Jesse Winker. Not at all. I agree. Like I think that could be true, but. 
but not in a way that makes me. Um, he had his worst year as a pro with, with the, yeah. the Mariners, right? It so, just wasn't a fit. Yeah, there's some bounce back there. Uh, let's see. Um, let's go. Let's go one more and then we'll jump to headline rewrites. Oh, my God. I have so many now I have to choose. Uh, uh, unpopular opinion. Now, this one isn't an unpopular opinion per se, uh, but I like it. So I'm going to read it. Unpopular opinion. The 2023 sack leader for the Seahawks, obviously, is not on the team. Mm, no, nah, he's on the team. He's on the team. You think it's Uchenna? Yeah. Uchenna's going to get about 13, 14 in them things. Yeah, I could buy it. I think the hope is high if you if you take uh, a defensive lineman at five, but I don't think that the defensive lineman they need is one that's going to be like your speed rusher. Mm-hmm. Like if you let's say you have Jalen Carter, he has the ability to do that, but it's not like his major weapon. His nah. weapon is you can play him anywhere. Anywhere. Uh, all right, you guys. This was really, really fun. I might even hang on to some of these and get back to it. But right now, we got to get to headline rewrites. Headline rewrites. We must make headlines. The real story behind the headlines in today's news with Bob and Stacy. Headline number one: Sean Kemp arrested yesterday in connection with a drive-by shooting that took place at the Tacoma Mall. Uh, no one was hurt, though, in the incident. What's the real headline? Shooter shoot. Suddenly an awkward phrase. Uh, Yeah, this thankfully was a situation where no one got hurt. Um, There's a report that Sean Kemp was, uh, it was in self-defense. And while I can be understanding of a lot of things, I would just say, like, I would not encourage uh, gunfire ever, anywhere. And you're in a public place where there's, like, people walking around. You're in a packed parking lot in the middle of the day in a shopping center. Like, it's just not safe for anyone. Um, thankfully, no one is hurt and everyone is okay. Uh, but we're still waiting on a lot of details from this bump. Still waiting on details. If it is true, if someone shot at him, right? Then I understand why he was shoot back. Yeah, but but from the video I saw, there's <laughs> from the video I saw, if someone shot at him, there was a long time that elapsed before he decided to shoot back. And uh, just a bad look for Sean Kemp, man. He's left everywhere. You see him at the Mariners games. He's opened up dispensaries Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in the area. Seemed like he was moving in the right direction. Um, I hope this is self-defense because if not, just a bad look overall for a uh, Seattle legend. You know, can I also add on just last second here, unrelated to this Sean Kemp headline, that it's probably for the best we went to headline rewrites and away from unpopular opinion because the text line from which I was pulling these takes uh, went from unpopular opinions to being filled with uh, hot pocket takes and pizza roll <laughs> takes or pizza pocket. What are they called? Pizza pillows? Hot pockets? They're pizza not hot pockets. Po- They're not rolls. pizza rolls. I don't even know what pizza rolls But are. wait, are pizza rolls the one that look like little pillows? Yes. Yeah. Those are good. That's what we're That's talking what we're about. That's what we're talking about. Oh, okay. I don't like hot pockets. Oh my, oh my gosh, God, Stacey. <laughs> What? I, Holy what? cow, you I, just grinned about Hot Pockets I for thought, like 10 minutes. I thought we were talking oh about the little, gosh. I thought we were talking about the little pocket. They, it makes more sense that they be pockets and not pillow or not rolls. Rolls make it sound like it's a yoga mat, right? Uh, what? I don't Stacey. know why you guys are mad. I no just need mad. to correct myself. You know what? I'm not mad. We're I'm just disappointed. disappointed. Okay, <laughs> what's, the next, what's the next headline? Headline rewrites. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was confused. Chase her whole just, pizza rolls. Why, why pizza, did you even get involved? Pizza what rolls isn't a good descriptor of those. It's been a long time since I've had them. I just forgot about them, but they were my favorite. <laughs> oh my They're really good. 
Curtis, what's the headline? <laughs> the headache <laughs> you give me. I know. This is after already singing oh Frozen. You go from having a two-year-old child at home to producing a two-year-old child. Uh, headline number two. Sorry. Washington was eliminated from the back to tournament yesterday. Following their first round loss to Colorado, what's the real headline? Does anyone have a spare six million they'd like to part with? I just My headline is just kind of asking a quick favor from anyone. Now, I think it is mostly like tacky to call for anyone's job. However, it is also important to have a conversation about when a job isn't getting done. And I'm trying to keep these as two separate things uh, because I wish there was a solution where you didn't call for someone to be fired. However, Mike Hopkins' job is not getting done. This offense looks horrible. This team looks horrible. And I really, really hate that a program that was pretty good when I was in school is really struggling. It's it's unfortunate because UW still puts out like NBA prospects. They'll still have some guys to go to the NBA and represent in that sense. But since I've been on this side of the mountains, it's been rough for UW. That's not the UW that I grew up knowing about, grew up watching. No. How do you get your prestige back? This is clearly a basketball state and city. You should be accumulating all the talent in the state, then across the country mm-hmm. and getting it done. Maybe you should start recruiting more internationally. You look at those dudes over there in Spokane, them Zags. That's what they do, and they're in the hunt every year. Oh, uh, quickly, thank you to a listener for sending me an update. Uh, this is David Rosa, Fox 13, who said uh, Pierce Prosecuting Attorney's Office not filing charges against Kemp. That was from 15 minutes ago. Uh, also, the text line very upset with me. Someone said, uh, We're done with you, Stacy. I'll leave. <laughs> I'll leave now. Bump, you got the next headline, right? Oh, snaps. Headline (laughs) we watch. Sorry. Sorry. Headline number three, Jim Beheim forced out as Syracuse head coach. After 47 years on the job, they have already named his successor. That's assistant Adrian Autry. What's the real headline? So it looks like there's no getting out of that $6 million for UW. Once again, does anyone have $6 million they'd like to part with? Uh, I'd also like to add, this morning did Brock say that Bayheim had been there for 56 Brock years? Brock said 56 of <laughs> them. Bang. <laughs> I like how 56. the number gets bigger. Yeah. Jim Bayheim, 78 years on the job yeah. at Syracuse. Jim Bayheim, <laughs> founded Syracuse. <laughs> Classmate of Sister Jeans. <laughs> Absolutely insane. Uh, All right, you guys, still to come. uh, We've actually got uh, lots of Mariners stuff leading off beginning with 1245. Uh, We're going to have the latest from Jerry DePoto, who was on with Brockensock this morning. And then we've got this really great interview with Scott Miller. If you don't know who he is, that's okay. He's an author for the New York Times. He has a great interview with Ty France. And you are going to want to listen to it because it's about what France can do in 2023, who France is as a hitter, as a person. Uh, Scott loved the interview with France and tells us all about it. Uh, so we're beginning with Jerry DePoto at 1245. First, though, a look around the NFL that's coming up next. Bumpin' Stacy, Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios. On Seattle Sports. Here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Rost. Well, there was a trade. Uh, it was between the Baltimore Ravens and Jets. However, it was uh, not a trade uh, involving Aaron Rodgers or Lamar uh, or anyone that you guys have been watching for. Uh, it was, though, the only trade today. The Ravens are trading safety Chuck Clark to the Jets in exchange for a 2024 seventh round pick. That from Ian Rappaport today. Major trade. A major seventh trade. Ooh. Major trade. Breaking I heard. News. So this news did break earlier today and Salk broke it. But like as a joke. So he goes, there has been a huge. He was like, we got a trade. Involving the Ravens. And I was like, what? (laughs) It's horrible. Absolutely horrible. Um, 
So uh, you've got the Jets uh, again acquiring just some like extra help for their defense. Jets still waiting on that answer from Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers still figuring it out. Let's talk hypotheticals here. Aaron Rodgers with New York. Okay. Keep in mind, you are going to a very stacked conference. You think someone like Aaron Rodgers wants to stay in the NFC and have an easier path to the Super Bowl? I think Aaron Rodgers believes in himself so much he thinks he's better than Pat Mahomes. He's better than Herbert. He's better than Burrow. He's better than Josh. He's better than Trevor Lawrence. He believes in himself, and he knows he has a defense over there to help back him up. He's got weapons. He's looking at this team and saying it might be tough, but I'm Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I do believe that he has that faith in himself. Do you believe him? No. I, I would Where stay would you put Aaron Rodgers right now? All quarterbacks, not just in the conference. All quarterbacks. Like, is he top five still? Top five. Top five? Yeah. But like five? Yeah, because you got Pat, Burrow, Josh, mm, Hurts, and then probably Aaron. I, you know, I put Aaron Rodgers in front of Hurts, though. Yeah. Uh, a new mock draft from Danny Kelly, friend of the show, of the ringer, still has Jalen Carter to the Seahawks at five. He actually had that in his last mock, but now he has CJ Stroud going number one overall. You have three quarterbacks going in the first three rounds thanks to a trade. Arizona Cardinals don't need a quarterback, obviously. They're holding the number three spot. So any run on quarterbacks one through three is going to be with a trade. But he has um, uh, CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson. Going number three. Okay. I can see that. I want that. I need that. Make that happen for me. Hey, let me tell you what. The more that defensive talent, top defensive talent, can fall to Seattle, I did not think that uh, certainly uh, Will Anderson Jr. and Jalen Carter would fall out of the top four, just given that Chicago and Arizona need exactly that position group. But if Chicago can find a trade partner, if Arizona finds a trade partner, all of a sudden you've got the Seahawks with the second of two picks and two defensive linemen available. Chicago should be trying to draft in bulk. I suggest they trade out out of that pick right there, grab you a couple along the way, and build around fields. I'll take Carter at five all day. Yeah, I think it's just obviously there are character questions that teams are going to have. It may affect his draft stock. I just don't know that it pushes him that far out. Like I, saw I still him as think low he's seventeen on one. I don't. Know, I don't know that that happens. And I'm not. I'm not passing any like moral judgment and saying it should or shouldn't. I'm saying I don't think it does. No, nah, it's not gonna happen. Like if it was like he's arrested and in custody and there's other stuff happening, then sure. Dropping past five, I just I do not see. Nope, I don't. Uh, All right. Uh, You have uh, a couple other things going on here. Bryce Young uh, finally weighing in uh, a little uh, heavier than people expected. Do you remember what he was weighing when he was in college? Was he listed at one? He was like 170-something. Well, he's not. He's put on some weight. My question is, uh, are we going to be... Uh, checking those pockets. He is uh, 5'10 and one eighth of an inch. This sounds like me measuring myself. Uh, 204 pounds. Hands, nine and three quarters of an inch. That's good. Be- <clears throat> the knock on him was that he looks petite. You don't want petite, petite. guys Shout out to my sitting in the pocket. You know what I mean? You can yeah. be petite on the perimeter, a, a wide receiver most likely other than a corner. But no, you want to beef up a little bit. Russell Wilson is not the tallest guy. But he's a little thick. You know what I'm saying? He can take a couple hits. I think if he, he like were naturally that big, he might be all right. Uh, maybe. I haven't seen him lately. Yeah. Uh, NFL.com has their top remaining. Adam Sheehan has his top remaining uh, quarterbacks of uh, that are either unsigned or could be available via trade. It will not surprise you to know that Lamar and Aaron Rodgers are one and two.
Uh, he's also obviously got Jimmy G in here. I don't want to spoil Four Down Territory. We're going to get to it later, but that's an hour from now. Uh, Jimmy G has a couple potential landing spots also from NFL Network. They do have Houston as one of them. You have Houston as one of them. Do you think that this landing spot's almost inevitable? Um, no, not anymore. I think with the emergence of another name in that mix that he could go somewhere else, but I, I still think Houston is probably his best bet. He's got familiar over there familiarity over there with D'Amico Ryans. Mm-hmm. So does that other spot, but we'll talk about that second and third landing spots and pull down. Uh, all right, let me get to the story that I had in my snapshot, after which I turned to you and went, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Kelvin Beecham, who was an offensive lineman for the Arizona Cardinals for three seasons, did an interview with uh, 98.7 Arizona Sports, our sister station down there in Phoenix, and he was asked, like, basically, uh, what does Murray need to do? And he said, quote, Grow up, be a man and grow up. Now, I'm adding my own tone. Who knows if he was like, oh, you just got to grow up and whatever. That doesn't sound good no matter what. (laughs) No matter what, it doesn't sound good. And consider that this is a player who played with Kyler Murray uh, over a period of three years recently. Not like, oh, uh, Kyler's first three years. He spent the last three seasons protecting Murray. Yeah, and he's a lineman. Like Linemen are some of the most trustworthy people in all of football. He has a direct relationship with Kyler Murray. If he is saying this young man needs to do A, B, or C, you have to take it into strong consideration. I don't think you just come out and say things like that if it isn't true. Mm -hmm. And from the outside looking in, I think most people could agree with him just looking off his body language that there are some things that remind us of a child, not a man and a leader of men. No, I just always think back to, this was not most recently, but the year that I believe it was 2021... When did the Rams win the Super Bowl? 2021, right? Yes. Um, I think it was that season where they beat the Cardinals to advance, um, if I remember correctly. I just think of Kyler Murray's body language, and I know it was two years ago, but like this is someone who just looks like he gives up and looks like he checks out. And it's weird that you would be a couple years into the league with a team that, um, like, this isn't your first experience losing or struggling. It's weird that you would be that far in and, and display that so, like, Gino Smith was on with us earlier today and you asked him a question about, hey, you look, you know, you make a mistake and I really appreciate the way you bounce back. And he said on our air, yeah, I mean, when you're a quarterback, you know, everyone is watching you. So you can't you have to be really aware of your body language, which I thought was insightful. Kyler Murray, not as aware of his body language. Not at all. But the next guy up there, the next head coach, OC, GM, everybody Mm -hmm. needs to just be real with Kyler Murray and make him aware of this. He needs to be made aware of the impact of his body language from someone that he trusts. Because we say it all the time in the media. Maybe some teammates say it, but it's falling on deaf ears because he doesn't trust the opinion that's being given to him. So it's all about the source, man. Get somebody. His best friend, his head coach from high school. Somebody needs to talk to this young man. Uh, All right. I'm going to stick with the Cardinals for this one. Our last story of NFL headlines. The Arizona Cardinals released wide receiver chosen Robbie Anderson, which frees up about $12 million in cap space. Uh, So Arizona may still be trading DeAndre Hopkins. That's a rumor. Hopkins responded to it. I read you guys that story the other day on with Pat McAfee saying, hey, I'm focused on myself. No shock there. Good for him. Uh, But let's say that DeAndre Hopkins is traded and they don't have Robbie Anderson, who who, you know, isn't Hopkins. Chance Robbie Anderson. Ch- uh, sorry, chosen. Chosen. Chosen, chosen, chosen Robbie yes, Anderson. Yes. Uh, you have Kyler Murray coming back from an ACL. Kind of a weird situation to inherit for your new head coach, Jonathan it Gannon. It is. It looks good on paper, but then you, you peel back the layers and you start looking at the details. 
it's not going to be as smooth sailing as he initially probably thought. Yeah. But when all is well, when all is healthy, you have a team. But you got to keep D-Hop, man. So when Coward comes back, he's got his number one. All right. Still to come, Scott Miller of the New York Times has a feature on Ty France. He talked to him about traveling abroad, what he's done in the offseason, and kind of who he figured, how he figured out himself as a hitter. It's a really insightful article. Uh, Scott's going to join us and just answer some questions about like what he learned from France, what it was like talking to him, how he thinks of him as a person and as a player. And there's obvious impact for 2023 for the Seattle Mariners. Uh, we've got Geno Smith playing again at 1.30. I know some of you missed it because we started that one a little bit early. So don't worry. We've got the entire thing. Uh, we're going to re-air for you at 1.30 so you can hear that interview in full. Uh, coming up next, though, we are going to take a listen to the Mariners president of baseball operations, Jerry DePoe. He was on the Jerry DePoto show this morning with Brock and Salk uh, to talk about some of the latest on uh, some names you guys are watching. Luis Castillo, uh, the left field platoon, obviously uh, JK, JP, Cal Raleigh, all those guys. We're going to talk about that next. Bumpin' Stacy, Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios. On Seattle Sports. Here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Rost. All right, don't forget, if you miss any part of the show, you can subscribe to the Bump and Stacy podcast. We are available wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Apple, wherever. Please rate, review, subscribe. We'd really appreciate it. Um, and if you are using Apple Podcasts, we'd also love a review on any of these platforms. But I'm tracking them on Apple. Would mean a ton. Thank you in advance. Uh, Scott Miller of the New York Times is going to join us in 15 minutes to talk about a feature he has on Thai France before we get to that. The latest from Jerry Poto, who was on with Brock and Salk earlier today. Uh, let's start with Luis Castillo. He's asked about whether or not they need a strong start for Castillo. Yeah, sure. Hope so. You know, and right now his secondary pitches are a little bit further along than we would have anticipated. His command is spring training-ish command right now and, and his velocity, like with the other guys, I guess not named Robbie Ray, it's speaking up as we move along. And The Rock came in as a little further along than we would have anticipated based on some of the feedback that we got during his time with the Reds. You know, he's, we've talked about this as we've talked about with, with Felix in, in years past. His offseason is about rest and recovery, and he typically doesn't start throwing until later in January. And I think he got after it a little bit earlier this year in terms of throwing. We'll see if that translates into, you know, more productive you know, uh, outings in the early season. But, you know, if we get those 25 to 32 starts that, that he has historically delivered, I'll take them whenever they come. All right. Short answer. Yes, we do need Luis Castillo to get off to a strong start compared to past years. I'm going to combine Jerry's answer bump with what Shannon told us yesterday when we asked her, like, hey, what do you want to see this year that's different? What are you watching for? She was like, well, you know, when this team was in rebuild mode and kind of revamping, I always said, you know, tell me what happens in the second half of the season. Improvement in the second half is more important than anything. Well, now you're competing. So improvement as early as possible is what matters. Good play in April, good play in May. That's still important. And if Luis Castillo is playing really well, it ups those chances. Yeah, when you go to the playoffs two years in a row, mm-hmm. produce 291 well, seasons. I'm sorry, this will be the second year. When 90 you wins two, two 90 years wins, in a row. Yes, there you go. Thank you. We know what you meant. Thanks, Coach. Um, <laughs> expectations are a bit different. When you have Luis Castillo at the start of your season and not in the middle of the season, expectations change. So you look at this pitching staff and you say they have to come out hot. Even if the bats struggle just a little bit, what can you control the most? In my opinion, it's the performance of your pitching, right? The bats are going to come and go. Arms can be the most consistent. Mm -hmm. And he's the best one the Mariners have. 
So let's come out running. Uh, heading into camp, the biggest question for anyone was in left field. And it was the biggest question for the Mariners, too, uh, because they went out and got insurance, signing A.J. Pollock to be the right-hander in a left-field platoon with Taylor Trammell and Jared Kelnick competing as the left-handers in a left-field platoon. Obviously, Taylor Trammell getting, uh, what, seven or so weeks missing after having surgery to repair a broken bone in his hand. So instead, you just got A.J. Pollock, your right-hander, Jared Kelnick, your left-hander. And weirdly enough, I actually feel a little bit better about this spot. Garrett Kelnick's had a pretty good spring so far. Here's Jerry DePoto talking about the other half of that platoon, A.J. Pollock. He's been great, you know, and, and I, he's been particularly exceptional in his prep and his adjustments to the things we do as opposed to, you know, maybe where he was a year ago. And, you know, so many of the programs we, we run, and this is true of 30 teams, it's just a little bit different than what other teams do. And, and AJ bought in immediately to to the things that we find to be high value. He's he's been an advocate for them in the in the cages, out on the fields, with the younger guys. I, his work habits have always been standout, and he's been great in the clubhouse. Bump, I want to say you pointed to AJ Pollock as where you'd potentially like to see a surprise from. We were talking about like, hey, here's where we expect greatness, and right. here's where we'd love to see some surprises. And I think you pointed to him as like, it would be great if he exceeded our expectations. Yeah, it would be great. And we got two guys who are going to platoon that are playing good baseball right now. Yeah. You mentioned Jared Koenig and then AJ. AJ was a guy to me that can come in and bring some pressure or take some pressure off of Jared Koenig and allow him to find his routine, have smart at bats, work on the things that he needs to work on, all the things that Shannon Dreyer mentions, right? He's doing something with his back elbow, the angle of his bat, getting that front foot up and down, shifting his weight, all the little things, the checklist you have to go through. That's what you wanted to see from Jared Koenig. What you wanted from AJ is just to be that support, whether that be mentally or physically, especially with Tramiel being out there. You need AJ to do his thing. So if uh, DePoto's saying he's in a good place, then I'm going to believe it. Well, let's figure out what DePoto has to say about who will lead the team in batting average in 2023. To me, there are two potential uh, great answers to this one, but it wouldn't surprise me if it was one of four or five. But I'd say your your discussion is probably between Ty France and, and Julio. And it's, uh, you know, Ty is, as a right-handed hitter is an all-fields guy. And I think with the exception of the second half of last year when he was really banged up, has always been a bat-for-average hitter. And and that's even in a time where, where you're able to relocate defenses. Uh, and Julio is just a naturally awesome hitter. So I, I, those are the two that I would, would put down if I had to pick who's going to be your best bat-for-average. Bump, who is their best bat-for-average in 2023, do you think? Julio led him last year, and Ty was top, what, 10 in the league yeah. before the All-Star break and his injuries or whatnot. But I'm going to go with Ty France. <clears throat> For all the things that DePoto mentioned is that he just puts the ball in play. He's not necessarily trying to go yard all the time. I don't think Julio is, but you look at his swing. He's got a, I'm trying to kill this baseball type of swing, whereas Ty is more patient and he takes mm-hmm. whatever pitches on the pitcher throws at him. So, no, I think Julio's going to be your home run leader and Ty's going to be your average leader. Curtis, what do you think if you have to pick both? Home run leader, average leader. Uh, in a perfect world, I think Ty France leads your team in batting average. And in a perfect world, 
I think Julio leads in home mm. runs. Copying bump. Okay, interesting. Uh, well, I'll switch it up. <laughs> Ty batting average and Cal Raleigh in home runs. Okay, <laughs> I like it. I like it. I like it. Uh, Jerry DePoto here, speaking of some of these young guys. Who's going to benefit most from the shift restrictions? I, I think there are three real gainers on our team with the, the restrictions uh, that, that currently exist with shifting. And it's JK, it's Cal, and it's JP. Uh, I think those three guys in particular will benefit. JK has pulled so many balls hard to the right side of the field. And I could say the same about Cal that have just turned into outs. And, and JP hits more balls on the ground than most of the other hitters in our lineup and typically resides on that kind of middle to pull trajectory. So I, I think those guys will benefit in ways that others won't. Um. Obviously, yes, you got a lot of your left-handed hitters in there. Uh, uh, Brandon Gustafson, who joins us frequently to talk Mariners, said that Taylor Trammell and JP were the two most shifted upon mm-hmm. uh, Mariners last year. And obviously, Taylor Trammell isn't included in this conversation right now. And more often, they'd be playing on different days. But that's great news for two young guys. No, it is great news. And um, I forgot who it was yesterday. Maybe it was Service I heard yesterday say that the other day, Jared Kelney hits like a dribbler, right? Right into where the shift would have been. Mm-hmm. And at, before that point, he was 0 for 2. Now, instead of being shifted on and um, not having that play go through, he leaves the ballpark. He's 1 and 3. He's 3 3 3 for the day. That does something for mentality. And I would I would like to think that visually does something for the batters, too. Oh, no, I like the rule. I, it looks so funny to me. The shift just bothered me because it didn't seem like it was real baseball. You know what I'm saying? It just didn't feel right. So I'm happy for those guys. One less thing to think about. They can just go up to the plate and have the experience that most batters have when it comes to uh, just trying to put the ball in play. All right, both you and Curtis, before I forced him to change it, believe that Ty France will lead the team in batting for average in 2023. And you know what? I'm going to co-sign with both of you. I think he's a great candidate to do it. There's so much to like about him, and yet we're not spending nearly enough time talking about his potential for this season. So let's turn to Scott Miller. He's an author for the New York Times who interviewed France for a new feature on what's in store for him this year. 